Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Lucic Gasparian, who is diversity, equity and inclusion consultant and activist. Hi, Lucic. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So I guess we can start off with a quick introduction about who are you and also answering the main question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? Okay, where do we start? Um, so as you mentioned, I am Lucic and I am a diversity, equity, inclusion consultant and activist. And I specialize in race, gender, and disability rights. Um, I came to U.S. from Armenia when I was 14 years old. And English is actually my third language, which explains where my accent comes from. Um, And after um, going to, well, in law school, Um, And after law school, I um, tried different legal nonprofits. um, And through that, I was able to work with domestic violence survivors, trafficking survivors, um, unaccompanied minors, foster youth, um, those seeking citizenship, um, those seeking asylum. sexual assault survivors, um, DACA recipients, um, and DACA, well, DACA recipients, let's see. Um, And I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, and those um, that had old convictions and they were trying to move on from their past. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Working with such a variety of clients and having all of them um, have something in common, which is um, one, um, they've interacted with system in such a negative way. Um, And also just seeing how tough it is um, to find one, to find justice, two, to find good representation, um, especially um, to afford representation and everything. Um, it just definitely um, changed my perspective on a lot, especially to as far as it comes to access to justice. Um, so that definitely colored my view of the world a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I guess you kind of answered this in your previous um, answer, but what really inspired you to join this industry of diversity, equity and inclusion? Was it a specific point in your life? Was it a series of experiences? Well, I would say some of it has to do with my personal experiences and some of it has to do with um, just wanting to help others. So one Um, coming from another country and having this accent that I carry with me. um, I've definitely experienced oppression on my own. 
and just constantly got the question of what are you, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the least humanizing uh, questions out there. Um, and just constantly reminds you that you just don't belong um, because people are just trying to figure out not even that you're human, but what are you? Um, so that just constantly pointed out that regardless of me being a citizen or not, I just don't belong to a lot of people. Um, so that was one part of me just constantly looking for being included and wanting to belong. And another piece of it, um, moving to San Francisco for my job um, in San Francisco, going from LA where it's more, I would say, multicultural mm. and then going to San Francisco where I was I feel like I stood out more, even though I was surrounded by social justice folks. Um, I just felt like social justice a lot of times became more performative. Mm -hmm. um, and I was fortunate enough at work to have my supervisor and mentor who was just one of the most amazing women uh, that I've ever met, just such fire and passion in her. Um, and she just made me proud of myself and my identity um, and started that kind of process of helping me explore my roots um, and be proud of my roots. And with that also started that activist fire in me. Um, so I would say that kind of all of it kind of came together as a piece um, and started my journey of diversity, equity, inclusion practitioner. Awesome. So what would you say were the best resources for you? I know you traveled from, you know, uh, different parts of California, but what would you say that really stood out to you as your favorite resources to become so well seasoned and well read in diversity, equity and inclusion? Well, 2020 was interesting for a lot of people. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and left me with a lot of time on my hands. Um, and I'm somebody that really loves training, um, really loves workshops. Um, so I spent 2020 just really diving into every seminar I could come across, every workshop, um, every type of um, webinar, that I came across an article that had to do with DEI, um, had to do with race. Um, and I mean, knowing that Black Lives Matter movement came out of 2020 starting in it. Um, and just learning about LGBTQ rights, disability rights, and just really, really educating myself um so i would say the resources that really helped me has been um reading articles um 
podcast. There's a lot of favorite podcasts. Um, there's a lot of really great seminars, um, webinars, workshops, and a lot of them definitely in 2020 were absolutely free and a lot of them continue to be free. Um, and I think Eventbrite is a great place to look always. LinkedIn is another great place to look and all you do is just put a search word um, and it filters it out for you. Another one is just being on a listserv and being in a network mm. where people just notify you, hey, this event is coming up. Um, so, yeah, I just spend many, many hours um, educating myself on current issues and just learning history. Awesome. Well, it seems like you were pretty much a self-starter. You know, you were the one who went out and, you know, you found all these resources and also connected with people on LinkedIn and other such platforms. But are there any lessons that you wish you would have known before starting in the industry of diversity, equity and inclusion? So I think every woman of color um, makes this mistake, which is giving away valuable time and resources for free. And um, they do it out of passion. Um, and I think it's important at some point to understand that you have to feed yourself and you have to value your time as well. Um, so I would say I definitely fell into the same mistake as well too. Um, just not understanding that my time is just value, just as valuable um, and understanding that I need to make a living out of my career as well. Mm, for sure, for sure. Very important piece of advice. And if, thinking about your career and obviously the span of your career, what would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? So... The way I look at life is I look at life as I have no regrets and I don't look at anything as a failure. I look mm -hmm. at everything as it was an opportunity for growth because I wouldn't have become the woman I am. Um, so it's hard for me to think of anything because to me, everything brought me to who I am today and I'm happy with the person I am. That is such a positive mindset and such a great mindset to have. I might have to steal that from you. <laughs> um, and what advice would you give to somebody who was wanting to pursue a career or even was interested in the diversity, equity and inclusion field? So one, um, diversity, equity, inclusion slash DEI world. Um, it's important to know that it's about more than just race mm. um, or race equality issues it's definitely learn about intersectionality um and next is that passion and lived experiences will get you only so far mm -hmm. um it's really important to spend time learning about the other communities um and it's important to listen just as much as it is to speak. Mm, very great advice. Um, and then finally about your career, what is one common myth about the DE&I space that you would like to debunk? 
It's hmm. a great question. I would say that one is that DEI practitioners are know-it-all. Mm. <laughs> that we know everything there is about every single community, which is absolutely not true. Um, our field is ever-changing and ever-evolving, as it should be, um, because human rights are continuously um, ever-evolving, um, because law is changing, the world is changing, there is war going on constantly in different parts of the world. Um, so it is important to know that GI practitioners are not experts at every single global issue or every single human rights problem. Mm -hmm. um, so they will make mistakes and they will own to it. Mm. Um, hopefully they will own up to it. <laughs> Great. And um, I'm sure you're very busy, obviously, with work at the moment. But what is one thing you've read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Um, as I mentioned before, I'm a sucker for podcasts. So I always listen to really great podcasts. Um, also... Um, I spend time on Clubhouse, uh, which is the new social media uh, platform that everyone's talking about. Um, and on Clubhouse, um, I am part of quite a few disability um, clubs. And there, um, it's, the community is amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so... The conversations there are always just uplifting, empowering, supportive, um, be, without revealing specifics of the conversations that go on there. I think it's just the most loving community that there is that always accepts new people that join um, and just has the biggest kindness hearts um, and just really just really wants to exist in peace mm. um, but something else I was um, looking at actually today that I really liked from one of my um, Instagram friends um, so her Instagram username is um Juncture culture, one word, and it's spelled with an X. Um, mm -hmm. She's a DEI consultant as well, and she had she wrote, "I am not angry, I am articulate." Mm -hmm. The distinction rests with the capacity of the listener. Mm -hmm. Very I just powerful. Very very powerful. Uh, yeah, I think there is just so much weight to that um I love it awesome and then following on from that who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you I will really have hard time picking because if to me 
women of color are always influential to me. Um, I think women of color, um, they're hustlers. Mm. They are women that refuse to quit. Um, they are the backbones of their communities. Um, so to me, they're just always inspirational. Um, I've come across so many amazing women that just don't get the credit that they are worth. Um, I mean, just thinking about my grandmother, just exceptional woman and I'm sure there's a ton of other grandmothers out there that are just as exceptional um so sorry I'm not gonna name three I'm just gonna say all the amazing women that are just you know living their true selves and just doing amazing work every day inspiring people around them um, without knowing and without asking for much um, and just carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders and the weight of their communities. Awesome. And then finally, to sort of wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself at any point in your life? So... One thing I would say to myself earlier on, well, to myself maybe from a few months ago, <laughs> I would say start that website, write that article. Um, don't be afraid to put your voice out there. Um, I think it's just don't self-sabotage yourself before starting. Mm. Um, and I think this will be true to me forever. And I just need to constantly remind that to myself every time I doubt myself to not self-sabotage before starting. Awesome. Well, what a lovely note to end on. And definitely some great advice to give anybody, no matter what stage they are in their professions. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Lusik, for coming on the show and speaking with me. It was absolutely lovely to hear your story and to learn more about you. Thank you for the wonderful questions. Thank you. All right, then take care. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.